Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can find me at Ethan J. Skolnick or at Five Reason Sports on Twitter. We're going to get to one of the big issues facing the Miami Heat this upcoming training camp and season. But before we do, at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football game-winning touchdowns, two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines against the Dolphins with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, unless you're a Dolphins fan, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing. Go to mybookie.ag. That's mybookie.ag on the Internet. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts, better lines than any sports book. Go check out. I think the Dolphins right now are 20-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Cowboys. Don't forget where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And mybookie.ag is the best in the business. You definitely should go play there. So check them out. And if you want to try to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year until the NBA season starts. And then you can bet on NBA games too. Join now. MyBookie will double your first deposit. So use the promo code Five F I V E. That's F I V E to activate that offer. Double your deposit. Visit mybookie.ag today. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sydney, aka Alf Nine Five Four. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here. And what we've been doing here as the Miami Heat are about to start training camp coming up, they have media day on the last day of September, and then training camp starts up in West Palm Beach at Kaiser University from October 1st to the 5th, and a scrimmage that's open to the public on October 6th. We'll all be there, all three of us, at that scrimmage. I'm Ethan Skolnick. I'm here today with my usual co-host, Alphonse Sidney. You can find him at Alf954. And also Alex Toledo, who will be helping us out, covering events for us and also helping to produce the podcast and sometimes appearing with us as he does today. So in our first of five episodes, we covered uh, the point guard situation, Goran Dragic, Justice Winslow. How should that play out? Justice Winslow's recent comments about wanting to be the point guard. It's one of the big issues of camp. Here's another issue of camp. Is Jimmy Butler a true number one on a contending team. Now, we're not going to find that out in training camp necessarily or in the preseason games. We're going to get a sense of how he deals with other players on the roster. We're going to get a sense of his personality here in Miami, which we haven't been able to do because he hasn't had a press conference because he was overseas. He's still he's overseas as we speak, I think, because he was actually at Camp Nou at the field in Barcelona. Um, he, someone joked that he got a... Uh, he got a Barcelona jersey before he got a Heat jersey because he hasn't had a press conference yet. But I'm going to start here with... That was you. Actually, was that Alex? We brought up on the podcast. All right, so you know what? Screw Alf. We're going to start with Alex on the podcast. Um, Jimmy Butler was wow. just ranked the number eleven player in the NBA by SI.com. To me, that means he's a number one because that means he would be a number one on a playoff team. If there's 
you know, 16 playoff teams. He was rated the 11th best player in the league. There's a couple of teams that have a couple of guys on that list, including the Lakers, obviously, with LeBron and AD. Is Jimmy Butler, in your view, a number one on a contending team, Alex? So if you're talking about a playoff team, like you said, I think he's a fine number one. Uh, like we talked about, he's a top 15 player. Where that lies, you know, it varies between who you ask. But I think he's a great player. I think he's somebody who can, you know, handle the load when it comes to shot creation, uh, playmaking, scoring. But, uh, you know, I think most people would agree that he's not a number one on a contending team in this context of the NBA that we're in right now, where you see teams like the Lakers, Clippers, stacking up two all-stars. You know, you got the Rockets, the Warriors, the Bucks, the Sixers. All of these teams are immensely more talented than the Heat. And I think it's to no fault of Jimmy's, but they probably got to, you know, pair him with somebody else. Alf, where do you come down on this? I'm – I'm the same way. I, I think he's a he's a number one. I don't know it's hard, right? <laughs> he's a number one on a playoff team. He's not a number on a number one on a title contending team, but I think he's like a one A or one B, right? I think he needs a. He's not going to do for the Raptors what Kawhi Leonard just did. Um, he's not going to do for the Cavs what LeBron did, taking them to the finals with Mo Williams as a, sec- as a second best player. That is not Jimmy Butler. What Jimmy Butler is going to do is that if you put another strong uh, 1A, 1B type player around him, Jimmy Butler is, is going to give you that extra edge in the, in the final 30 seconds of a game to get, you, to, get, to get you a lot of close wins. Like, he's such a really good clutch player. Um, but for, like, 48 minutes, there's times that – Jimmy Butler, as good as he is, as much as I like him, disappears as far as his impact on the game, right? So, like, the last 30 seconds, the last minute of a game, last two minutes, Jimmy Butler's excellent, but he's not that guy that carried the load for 48 minutes uh, for 82 games. That's just not – he's just not that overwhelming, overpowering of a player. He's not LeBron. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not – like I say, he's not Kawhi. He – but – if he has a good – if he's on a good team and you get – and it's a close game in the last minute, Jimmy Butler, yes, he's definitely the alpha. But getting there is the problem. So let's look at the Heat's history a little bit. If we're going to say that Jimmy Butler is a top 15 player, again, SI put him at number 11. They put him ahead of Kyrie, which I thought was interesting. But they, they had him at number 11. I don't think you can really argue that he's ahead of any of the top 10 guys. Okay, if you go through their top 10 – uh, it's hard to really quarrel with any of that. So if you have him at number 11, let's look through the Heat's history a little bit and see when they've had a player who's been a top, say, 12 player in the NBA. I think you go to the pre-Riley years, and I don't think they ever had one. Um, I think Glenn Rice was probably the best player that they had during that stretch. Maybe it was Steve Smith, but never at that level. Alonzo Mourning, and I'm going to go Alf's a little older here than, uh, than Alex, so I'll go to him. There was one year that I think Zoe was second in the MVP voting. Uh, the year before he got sick, right? Like he was second in the MVP voting to Carmelone, I think. Um, and there were some people who thought that Zoe could have won the award. I mean, he had that kind of season. I covered that team on the road. So I was around Zoe a lot that year. He was clearly a top five all-around player in the league, offense and defense. I don't think for most of his career here in Miami, though, he was, Alf. Would, would you agree? Was he – Ever, I mean, I, for, I mean, for three, four years, I would agree with that. Right. I, I like even during. If you look at the the late '90s years, was obviously you know they got a couple, of, they got some number one seeds in there. We know they lost the Knicks three out of four years, 
but I, I think that Zoe was considered to be a top five center, probably, right? Like top three, probably. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's hard. Good. That's hard because it, you're you're actually looking at the tail end of some of these guys or some of the greats. Mm-hmm. Late '90s, you're looking at the tail end of the Ewing, Olajuwon, Robinson. Uh, but then there was Shaq. Um, it was the tail end of the Ewing, Olajuwon, uh, Robinson, but mm-hmm. the dawn of the Shaq. And it was, but it was Shaq. To me, it was Shaq and Mourning for like three years. Right. Well, Zoe was the second pick in that draft behind Shaq. I mean, '92. So I, I, I think. I think he was close some years. I don't think Tim was ever a top 12 player while he was here in Miami. He was an all-star. He was kind of. To me, from 96 to 99 is where you can make that biggest case for Zoe, right? Right, right. So they they might have had it then. Then obviously 2000, 2001, 2002, they didn't. 2003, Dwayne's rookie year, they didn't. And then 2004, 2005, uh, Shaq was a top 12 player that year, that first year in Miami. He could have been the MVP. Uh, Dwayne was pretty damn close that first year. Dwayne was. Was. I think so, too. Oh five, oh six. Two top 12 players that year. That's right. What, I th- that's I think the two straight years, right? I, I think it's fair to two say. Two straight right? years. Um, but that was, that's why I think Shaq was a better player in 2004, 2005. And that's why I will always contend that that was a better team than the one that won the title. Oh, it was a better team. I think so, too. I mean, even I mean, we got past Damon Jones being the point guard. I think it was a better fitting team. The 06 team just got hot because Dwayne put it on the, his – everything fit because it went on his back. They talked about 15 strong, and, and it's cute with the cards, and I still have some of those, and they're doused in champagne. But the reality is, you know, that Dwayne put that team on his back. And then Zoe had a moment in game six, and Shaq was a great decoy, and they had some other guys kind of fill in and behave for a little while. But I, I agree with the first he was better. But I guess my point is, even if you look at um, 06, 07 – where I don't think Dwayne had as good a year. 07, 08, we've talked about that year. That was a disaster for everybody. Dwayne was not healthy enough to be a top 12 player that year. He certainly was 08 to 2010. I don't think he was during the big three era, necessarily. Um, the uh, first. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Dwayne wasn't a top 12 player in the big the, three era? The, the first year. The first year he was. I don't think he was first healthy two years. enough. Mm. I think we could look at Alex. Would you? I, now we're moving more into your territory here. Alex, second year of the Big Three era was Dwayne. Would you say a top twelve player? He was a top twenty player. Would you say he was a top twelve? Definitely. You think so? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. It was you know that was the first, we started to see some decline. You know, the year before he was he was at the top of his game, putting up what was it twenty six on great shooting percentages in the finals. Mm-hmm. That was the first year we started to see some decline. I think top twelve is. More than fair. Yeah, well, he would have been the MVP that first year. So, and obviously LeBron was during that stage. And I think you can make a case at some points, Bosch was also. But since LeBron left, fair to say the Heat have not had a top 20 player since LeBron left? Yeah. No, pretty I mean, much. It's hard to say because Chris finished those two years. Right. The beginning but, of both of the seasons after left. Yeah, they had a top 20 player. Um, yeah. At the end of the season, no, they didn't. Well, I think the issue with Chris, it wasn't just that staying healthy was sort of a consistency thing with him too. Uh, but you're right. They were trying to play through Chris as their number one option. And then obviously that didn't end up working out when he got the blood clots twice. But I guess the overall point is like we think of the Heat as being this star-studded organization, and they have been, right? You've got, you know, they got Shaq, they got Zoe, they got Timmy, they got Gary Payton at the end of his career, they got Ray Allen at the end of his career, they got, uh, you know, obviously Dwayne for, you know, 
I like to think of it as the entirety of his career because I don't like to think about Chicago and Cleveland. They had Chris Bosh. But, but really, they've gone through some stretches where they haven't necessarily had two great lead guys or even one great lead guy. And, and I guess this is beyond the on-court stuff and the off-court stuff, which we've covered a bit on some of those Buckets Backstory podcasts, which you should check out in our library. One of the other questions I have for you guys is, I always felt that after LeBron left and also after Dwayne declined, that this market would have a hard time embracing another star because they were so spoiled. Like you saw the greatest player arguably in basketball history, certainly one of the top two in his absolute prime playing his best ever season. In my view, 2012, 2013 in a heat uniform. And then you also had a guy in Dwayne Wade who played at a level that all only two other two guards in history have ever gotten to. I, I always wondered whether the heat fan would embrace another star but I kind of feel like it's been down long enough at this point that they will. How do you think that Heat fans will react to Jimmy Butler? Alf, you start. Um, I think you're right. I think if this, if Jimmy Butler was a, cons- was a consolation prize for a, I said constellation, consolation prize for LeBron leaving, I think that would have been a, a letdown, right? That was like, you know, when you bring in Lou Aldang and give Bosch a max contract, a lot of Heat fans were down about that. It wasn't really, you know, you bring in Danny Granger and stuff like that. Uh, um, and I'm I'm not comparing Jimmy Butler at this stage to Lou Aldang or Danny Granger. What I'm saying is the 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 letdown from LeBron was steep and precipitous, right? So there was very few players in the league that would have made up for losing LeBron. So now you fast forward four or five years from there, and um, where you're rooting for uh, and Dwayne Wade on his way out. You're rooting for Chris Bosh to not have blood clots. You're rooting for Goran Dragic to lead a team of journeymen. Um, you, you, you're, you're getting attached to guys like Justice Winslow and Bam Adebayo, promising young players. Um, yeah. Uh, right now, Jimmy Butler is a, is a breath of fresh air um, to this Heat fan base because they just had, they've, they've had so little to really rally behind. And so, yeah, yeah, right now, Jimmy Butler, as, as the face of your franchise, to a, to a Heat fan base that's been starving for a star, where your, your only all-star in the last few years has been Goran Dragic, and that's after, like, four different players dropped out. Yeah, right now, Jimmy is, Jimmy is it. And then, also, Jimmy, he does have the pedigree as well. So it's not like we're just attaching to any old star you brought in. This is a guy that, yeah, we can't actually really believe in. See, so I completely agree with Alf. I think Jimmy, between the personality, somebody with that type of attitude, he fits everything to the heat. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M 
Noom.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When it comes to the type of star that I think that people are 100% going to embrace him. I think the team, being that they're going to be, I don't know, let's say somewhere around 45, 46 wins, they're going to be a playoff team. I think they're going to be fun. They're going to be fun to watch with Jimmy there leading the helm. Um, I think it's a perfect situation in that part. And I think the one thing that gets, you know, he fans more excited again, besides the part of, you know, being relevant again, is also the prospect of possibly, you know, getting a second star and that hope there. So I think, you know, it's like killing two birds with one stone when it comes to Jimmy Butler because it keeps the hope alive in the short term and the long term. So let's look at his other two situations, or other three situations. And we've we've had people on the podcast from all three places, um, from from the Wolves, from the we actually had three people on who covered him uh, with the Bulls, and then obviously with the Sixers. And let's get into kind of what was learned about him from each. He starts in Chicago as basically a six man, or even further back, on very good teams. Plays behind Luol Deng, establishes himself as a backcourt partner to Derrick Rose, emerges in a way that I don't think the organization expected him to as the number 30 overall pick, and then also has a personality that sort of doesn't allow himself to take a back seat. And then he and Rose have some issues that kind of got talked about. He and Noah had some issues that didn't get talked about quite as much. Uh, And then obviously that team blows up. Jimmy's left as sort of the lone star. Dwayne comes in, then he goes to Minnesota, He's playing with Towns, who is arguably more talented than him and was the number one overall pick, but doesn't seem to have the edge that Jimmy does, and that didn't seem to work very well, especially with Wiggins. But that first year, that team was really good, and Jimmy Butler was kind of a dark horse MVP candidate as a number one slash two. And then he goes to Philadelphia, supposed to be the three, and turns into the one in the playoffs. Alex, what did we learn about him in those three situations, and what is the best situation for him? So when you're talking about all three situations, uh, referring to what you were just talking about with Philadelphia, I think he really showed out as the number one guy uh, throughout the playoff run there, especially towards the end. You know, they almost beat the eventual champs. It's something that's been mentioned before, but this guy is for real. When it, when it comes down to it, this is, you know, he's one of the guys that you want with the ball in his hands. And he's somebody that affects winning on both ends of the floor. It's somebody that you can constantly depend on. So, uh, the Heat have him in a, in a pretty ideal role. I think the, the, the more ideal role would, have, would be having him alongside another star of his caliber, maybe somebody that doesn't demand the ball as much, you know, uh, maybe Bradley Beal. <laughs> but uh, throughout all three, I think the theme is, you know, he just demands a lot from his teammates. He wants the hard work to be put in. He doesn't want people to, you know, uh, shy away from the intensity, shy away from the work, shy away from him when he starts calling teammates out. And I think that's probably why uh, UD was kept onto the roster to help kind of be that middle ground between him and the players because now he's going to have to jump in and be this leader. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because he's now, you know, being forced into this number one spot. And we haven't seen that in about three or four years. But I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how it turns out. Alf, what's his ideal role? Um, his ideal role is exactly um, where he's at, right? He's he's able to, to to be the alpha on a team of guys who 
Okay, and, and this this might sound bad, and I apologize to all the Sixer fans and the T Wolf fans and the Bulls fan, but ain't no bitch in the Miami Heat, right? As a franchise, the franchise is not bitch made, and the problem is with some of these other franchises, you had these little prima donna like super sensitive rookies and young guys who, you know, ain't you know Carl Anthony Towns, Bam Adebayo ain't gonna be, he's not gonna be offended when Jimmy Butler wants more out of him. Justice Winslow is not going to be offended because Jimmy Butler, you know, challenges him in practice. He's not going to run to Adrian Wojnarowski or whoever the, the, you know, or Barry Jackson, whoever the reporter is around at the time, and complain about how rough. You imagine, can you imagine on a Miami Heat team, somebody complaining that that players is being too rough on them? Are you kidding me? That It just does not fit within this franchise. So with Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler's in the perfect situation because he has a bunch of guys around him that not only can take what he's dishing out, they've been taking it from this coaching staff for three, four years already. Like this, the, 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 the standard that Jimmy Butler is bringing within himself to the Miami Heat has already been instilled in this franchise for years. So there's nothing Jimmy Butler can say in practice that these motherfuckers haven't heard from Udonis Haslam already. So that's the thing. Like, I, I just feel like Jimmy's in this perfect situation. And I know Dwayne Wade told him this before he got here. So there's a reason Jimmy Butler wanted to be here because he's going to be surrounded by young guys who are not only going to take the the criticism and they're probably gonna give it right back to jimmy the same way i don't see justice winslow afraid to talk back to jimmy butler i don't see bam out of bio afraid to talk back you know i don't see that in within this franchise i don't see eric spolstra afraid of his superstar because probably the only head coach that has ever talked back and stepped up to lebron is eric spolstra and if he can do that with LeBron James at the peak of his powers, you think he's afraid of Jimmy Butler? He's not. And I think I think all of these guys thrive on this, right? They thrive on that tension. Like, it's 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 what they want. Like, I think Eric Spolster wants to be challenged. I think Jimmy Butler wants to be challenged, and they want to challenge other people. So I think Jimmy's in the perfect place. And like Alex is saying, really what he – what eventually what he's – I think they're going to be really good this year. I think they're going to be high 40s. I think if if everything breaks right, they'll be at fifty. That uh, the amount of wins, but I don't. I, I, he he's gonna need that second complimentary superstar or all star, whatever you want, or that one A one B. But for right now, Jimmy's in the perfect situation. All right, we're gonna get in a second to where Jimmy can improve as a basketball player because we've talked a lot on all these podcasts about him as a personality. We want to close with that, but first, if you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle. AutoNation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast, and their friendly, knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes, and much, much more. And if you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-price pre-owned vehicles, all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price guaranteed. Or you want to just get rid of that old car, turn it into cash today, get a top dollar offer, and a check the very same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. Check engine light on right now. Get the services you need at low AutoNation prices. Go to AutoNation.com to schedule your appointment today. Here's the biggest thing to take away from this spot. If you're in the market for a new car, you got to DM 
at five reasons sports. That's at five reasons sports. We had a couple people do this already had a great experience. I will give an AutoNation senior manager your information. They will reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying or leasing process. So DM me at five reasons sports. All right, we'll get to the last part of our second episode here, the five issues facing the Miami Heat as they enter training camp. And this is just simply Jimmy as a basketball player, you know, and that's, again, he's been ranked number 11 by SI.com. I figure, you know, NBA TV does one of these, ESPN does one of these, CBS does one of these. I figure Jimmy will be somewhere between 11 and probably 16 or 17 and all of those. So there's not a lot of improvement he needs to make. The one place that I always go to, because this is a guy who's played a lot of minutes, for Tom Thibodeau and for others, he's played a ton of minutes. And as you age, we saw it with Dwayne Wade. Even he tried it. It didn't work out quite so well on a consistent basis. But as you age, you move a little further from the basket. It's a little harder to get to the places you want to get to on the floor. And you need to become a better three-point shooter. If Jimmy Butler could ju- – I don't want him taking high volume from there. But if he can just get to 34%, 35%, to me, that's the biggest area of growth in his game. Alf – where do you think Jimmy can still grow as a player? Um, I think he'll grow. I think uh, because of the way the team is set up, he's going to have a lot of open three-point shots um, just because he's going to have other guys on the floor that are going to get to the rim, break down the defense, and kick it out. And he's going to have to improve as a three-point shooter. But what I also um, – and I don't know if it's going to improve. I just think it's going to be in, incumbent upon him. It's to also be that guy for other guys, right, where um, he's going to need to be able to recognize and see the floor um, and be that, uh, be that shot creator for other guys. He's going to have to if, – if you look at the way that Justice has progressed as a spot-up shooter, how uh, Deion Waiters ended the year as a great spot – not great, but as a better spot-up shooter – Tyler Hero, uh, Myers Leonard, Kelly Olynyk, all these guys that are really good spot-up shooters in space, uh, Jimmy Butler's going to have to take advantage of that. And I know, I mean, he's a good passer, but I think if he wants to be an alpha of a team, if he wants a team, if he wants to carry a team and he wants to be the main guy, one of the things he's going to have to do is buy into the kind of things that Dwayne Wade used to do, where, yes, I am the best player on this team and I could drop 40 every single night, but that's not going to lead to wins. Um, I have to get my other guys involved. And as long as he's on that wavelength, I think, I think he's going to have a successful season. Alex, where do, you th- where do you come down from a basketball perspective? So it's interesting. When it comes to Jimmy, I agree with some of what you're saying. I think as he gets older, he's going to have to have a more steady diet when it comes to his shot profile. He's going to have to improve on the volume and the percentage when it comes to three-point shooting. But also, he needs to take advantage of one of his uh, greatest specialties on offense is getting to the mid-range, getting to that shot there, and being able to balance all three levels and be a true three-level scorer. On top of that, I would like to to see the Heat run more of a movement-based offense, even when Jimmy does have the ball in his hands. I think that's the way to really maximize the offense so that you don't have uh, Justice and Goron just standing around shooting for threes. There should be people screening, cutting, moving all over the place to really get that offense going. Because as we you know, talked about earlier, they only have the one star to create and generate shots. I would like to see there be, you know, let's say uh, 50% Jimmy 
And then you've got the, the other 50% is guys moving around and trying to get open. I think the thing that Eric Spolscher does better than anything else as a coach is finds the places, and this is offensively, because I think still think he's a better defensive coach than an offensive coach. But I think offensively what he does is he finds the places where guys can be more efficient. And we talked on this podcast about, you know, Alf talked about, you know, how he was able to reach LeBron. That's how he reached LeBron. I mean, and LeBron, and he used Shane Battier a little bit to do it, but when LeBron was reading charts that he was not reading before, and that's also how he almost got Durant down here, which almost is a strong word because the Heat were never in position from a cap situation or a talent situation to really get KD. But the thing that impressed KD the most was Eric talking about the ways that he can improve his efficiency similarly to the way that LeBron did. I think that the biggest place I talked about the three point shooting and hopefully that gets a little bit better and maybe it's spots on the floor that Jimmy can be more effective from three. But I think the biggest thing that we're going to see Jimmy grow as an offensive player. I think he's a very good defender. He's going to be a really good defender in this system, but where he can become better offensively is like you, you talked about Alex is shot profile. I think that's what they're going to work with him the most on. I think the other thing that the heat's really good at is working on guys balance. I remember having a lot of conversations with LeBron about that, that that was an issue for LeBron when he came here and it got much better as he went forward. I would not be surprised if you see healthy two to three percentage jumps in Jimmy's overall field goal percentage and in his three point percentage, simply because he'll be taking shots from better places. I I think that that's, going to be a key focus of this team and I think the only thing that holds that back is the lack of shooters around him if Harrow can emerge as a legitimate rotation player or even a starter if waiters can can play consistently and shoot 35 to 37 percent from three and Olenek gets back in the rhythm he got two years ago and you got Myers Leonard in there too they might have enough shooting to allow Jimmy to find those spots to me, that's the biggest thing for them this season. All right, we'll have three more episodes coming up. We're going to cover rebounding and, and interior defense. Uh, we're also going to cover who might be sort of the second star with Jimmy going forward. And there's one more topic that we'll think of as we go forward, or I forgot. But check out other episodes of Five on the Floor. Of course, check out all the podcasts in our network, Three Arts for Carry, Fish Tank, Light Skin Opinions, Smark Your Territory, Fantasy on Five. They're always upset that I don't mention them. Ballscast, of course, if you want to laugh on a Friday, uh, check it all out. Just type in Five Reasons Sports into your favorite podcast provider, and we'll talk to you soon. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.